1: Is long-suffering and merciful our God is a merciful God and you know what he knows our frame he knows who we are he, he knows the filth of our carcass he knows you know the failures of our flesh he knows you know the wickedness of our intentions and of our minds and yet his mercy endures forever and continually he has the signs refuge pointing this way and what way does it point Church it points to the cross points to the cross of Christ.
0: One of the most beautiful attributes of God is His hand of comfort and mercy, which stretches out to so many in times of need. Today, Pastor David teaches on our refuge, which is the cross of Christ. As he studies the book of Joshua and the cities that were designated as places of refuge, he points out the similarities of God as our refuge when needed most. Be encouraged that whatever life has thrown your way lately, God is more than able to comfort you in the presence of His refuge. Now here's Pastor David with today's message entitled, Our Refuge.
1: bad boy, bad boy, what you gonna do? What you gonna do when they come for you? (laughs) You better have a place to run. And you know what? God provided that place. It's called the cities of refuge. And we're gonna look tonight in Joshua chapter 20. And in Joshua chapter 20, we're gonna find out that when someone was innocent of manslaughter, they could run to these cities of refuge, they could get a fair hearing and hopefully, again, be able to live rather than being caught by the avenger of the one who, was, who lost their life. So that's what we're looking at right now. As, as Israel began to settle down as a nation, there were a lot of areas of practical need that needed to be taken care of. And one of those areas was this matter of distinguishing between acts of murder versus those acts of involuntary or accidental manslaughter. And again, cops weren't around at that time. It was pretty much up to uh, uh, an individual family to avenge the death of one of their family members. But earlier on, God had set into place the the establishment of what is known as capital punishment. Uh, Way back in Genesis chapter 9, verses 5 and 6, we read, Surely for your lifeblood I will demand a reckoning. From the hand of every beast, I will require it, and from the hand of man. From the hand of every man's brother, I will require the life of man. Whoever sheds man's blood, by man his blood shall be shed. For in the image of God, he made man. God set up capital punishment. But what happens if this death was actually and truly an accident? What happens at that point in time? How would the innocent be spared execution by the avenging family member? God had already determined that, again, as a nation, as they came into this promised land, that they were going to set up these cities of refuge. These cities were going to be places where a person could run to, they could flee to, they could find asylum from the avenger of blood. The, the Hebrew word goel, it's the, uh, the family protector, the, the one who watches over. We read about the goel uh, actually in the book of Ruth also. But here in chapter 20 of Joshua, we find that God uh, appoints or he sets up six of these cities of refuge, three on the west side of the Jordan and three on the eastern side of the Jordan. Look with me, if you would, at Joshua chapter 20. Let's look at, well, the whole chapter is only nine verses, so let's just read it. In chapter 20, verse 1, he says, The Lord also spoke to Joshua, saying, Speak to the children of Israel, saying, Appoint for yourselves cities of refuge, of which I spoke to you through Moses, that the slayer who kills a person accidentally or unintentionally may flee there, and they shall be your refuge from the avenger of blood. And when he flees to one of those cities and stands at the entrance of the gate of the city and declares his case in the hearing of the elders of that city, they shall take him into that city as one of them and give him a place that he may dwell among them. And then if the avenger of blood pursues him, they shall not deliver the slayer into his hand because he struck his neighbor unintentionally but did not hate him beforehand. There was no premeditated actions, in other words. Verse 6 says he shall dwell in that city until he stands before the congregation for judgment and until the death of the one who is high priest in those days. Then the slayer may return and come to his own city and his own house to the city from which he fled. So verse 7 tells us that on the western side of the Jordan, they they appointed Kadesh in Galilee in the mountains of Naphtali, Shechem in the mountains of Ephraim, and Kirjath Arba, which is Hebron in the mountains of Judah. And on the other side of the Jordan, by Jericho eastward, they they assigned Bazar in the wilderness on the plain from the tribe of Reuben, Ramoth and Gilead from the tribe of Gad, and Golan and Bashan from the tribe of Manasseh. These were the cities appointed for all the children of Israel and for the stranger who dwelt among them, that whoever killed a person accidentally might flee there and not die by the hand of the avenger of blood until he stood before the congregation. There was no police force during that time. And each family had that responsibility of, of caring for their own. And whenever someone was killed, it was the family's responsibility to avenge that death. The problem was that a lot of times emotions got in the way of, of common sense. That got in the way of good judgment. It got in the way of, of seeking out some kind of a balanced investigation to find out whether this was actually a premeditated murder or, hey, it was accidentally that, hey, the ax fell, you know, slipped out of my hand and hit him or whatever the case might be. In the heat of anger, a relative of the dead person might kill somebody who was really innocent of the capital crime. It was just an accidental death. I didn't mean for that to happen. And so at these six different cities, the manslayer, at least he had a chance for a trial. He would run to the gate of the city and as he went there, the elders of the city would normally be sitting at or near the gate, and he would come and he would plead his case to the elders, and then they would allow him into the city. And if someone was in a hot pursuit behind him, they, they would say, no, you you can't come after him. He's, he's found refuge or sanctuary in our city. And when the time came, then he would be taken to trial before the congregation of people, and all the facts of the case would be brought forth. If he was found guilty at that point in time, then they would Turned him back over to the Avenger of, of Blood to to that family member, and they would they would stone him or, or slay him some way because again he was guilty of, of premeditated uh, murder. If he was not guilty, if it was accidental, if it was simply a manslaughter, then the, he would have to stay in that city, and he would stay in that city actually until the high priest of the time passed away. And then he was able to, to leave and go back home and pick up his life. And then if one of those family members sought after his life or killed him, then they would be accused of murder. It wouldn't just be the avenging. No, this person was innocent. And so that's the way that it worked. Well, so Joshua set these three cities of refuge each side of the Jordan River. On the west side, Kadesh uh, was the furthest one north up in the territory of of Naphtali. And if we had the map up here, you could see that. But again, northern Galilee area. Shechem was in the middle of the nation in the tribe of Manasseh. And and then Hebron was in the south. And if you remember our studies in the past, that was the the city or the area where Caleb was. And that was one of the third uh, refuge city on the western side of the Jordan. And then on the eastern side of the Jordan, the cities were Golan in the, in the, in the north in Manasseh on the, on the eastern side of the Jordan River, Golan in the north in Manasseh, and Remoth in Gad, and Bezer uh, further south in the tribe of Reuben. And you have to understand that the Holy Land is uh, about the size of Maryland. It's, it's not real big, and so with six different cities, you had a pretty good chance of being able to get to one of those cities of refuge. It wasn't like, wow, in the whole nation, there's only six cities. Well, it's, it's actually, it would have been fairly easy uh, if, if an accident happened, if you had any lead time at all to hopefully make it to one of those uh, cities of refuge. Now, whenever an individual was in the nation of Israel, if they killed someone, they could then flee to these cities of refuge And again, they'd have that safe haven until they had the opportunity to investigate the death and all the surrounding circumstances. But again, if it was accidental, if it was unintentional, if it was self-defense— they were allowed to live, they were allowed to stay in that city of refuge until the death of the high priest, which is kind of a peculiar thing. So you wonder, well, so what happens if you got a really young high priest uh, or, or if you got a really old one? You think, well, you know, I'm going to have to do this for a couple of years or, my goodness, I may be here for decades, but that's the way the, the Lord designed this thing. But at the death of the high priest, they were allowed to go home, no further punishment. But you have to realize that their stay there in that city of refuge actually meant that they were forfeiting some of their freedom, but they were saving their own life you're not getting executed for the murder, but yet there is going to be some time that you're going to have to remain within that city. It's not too unlike what we do in our own justice system today. Those that are accused of manslaughter, many times they have to they have to have a particular amount of jail time because of that. But it was an accident, yeah, but you, know, uh, you were still at fault even though it was an accident. So it's interesting how God had all these things laid out long before, and much of our justice system actually goes back to building biblical standards and biblical ways and manners this whole idea of the cities of refuge really does speak to us of god's continued mercy as well as his position on the sanctity of life he says you know what you take a life a, a, your life is going to be required because god again honors life he gives life and really and truly, God is the one to take it away, but yet God also established this idea of capital punishment. And, and a lot of people look and say, well, well, I thought you were a Christian. I, I thought you believed in God. Well, why are you for capital punishment? Well, God was for capital punishment. And it's it's not a thing of vengeance. It's not a thing of, well, you know, we're going to kill. No, it's just, again, God said, you you take a life, your life will be required but I thought your God was a God of love. He is, but he is a God also of justice, and he is a God also that sanctifies life itself, that life is very precious to him. And again, he requires that. If it's an accident, unintentional death, then we see here in these cities of refuge that the God's mercy was to be demonstrated to, to those individuals. But if the killing was premeditated, The value of that life was demonstrated in the taking of the life from the guilty party. So that's the way God designed it. It's also interesting to note that even for the one who is only guilty of accidental death, that yeah, there's definitely a penalty that they had to pay. They weren't allowed to just return home. No, they were not allowed to return home actually until another death had taken place the death of the high priest. Once that second death had taken place, then the individual was free and his death was counted as paid. And we look at that and we really do see a very clear message of the sacrifice of Christ on our behalf. That second death, the death of Christ, had to take place before we were free from our sin. All of us, by the way, all of us are guilty Every one of us need a a city of refuge. You might say, "Yeah, but I didn't murder anybody." Well, you know what? But we're guilty enough. Okay, Jesus brought it right down to the fact: Hey, if you hate, you know, that's as bad as murder, and all this thing. And even if it's not murder, there's enough other things that we're guilty of. uh, That again, we need the forgiveness. All of us are guilty, and 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 our guilt is either many times it's intentional, and sometimes it's unintentional, but we're still guilty. We're born in sin, and we are sinners. We're sinners by nature. We're we're sinners by choice. And our refuge is found only in Christ, only in Christ. He's our only refuge. And he's the one that we have to run to. And he's the only one that we can run to and actually find forgiveness and actually find freedom as individuals. Hebrews chapter 6 verse 18 speaks very clearly that, that Jesus is the one true refuge, the one to whom we have fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope that's set before us, is what Hebrews tells us. Again, we all stand guilty before the righteousness of God. Romans 6.23, what does it say? For all have sinned and fallen short or come short of the glory of God. Every every one of us. And just as Christ is our ever-present help in a time of trouble, these cities were always to be available to the people of Israel. They're supposed to be open 24 hours a day. You know, we we think most of these cities at at a certain time, their gates would lock and it would be quite the process to be able to enter the city in the middle of the night. But the cities of refuge, they were supposed to have the availability of someone to be able to come into them 24 hours a day. And one of the other things we read in Deuteronomy, uh, Deuteronomy chapter 19 tells us that the very roads to these cities were to be taken care of, that they're supposed to have roads that are made, again, to make it very easy for an individual to come. As a matter of fact, Jewish tradition tells us that the roads leading to these cities, not only were they kept in excellent condition and the crossroads well-marked, but along the way that there were signs that said, refuge that way, you know, (laughs) refuge that way. So that people running, you would know, hey, well, what way do I go? Okay, there's the sign and boom, I'm, I'm gone. And you know what that speaks to me of? is how much God reaches out to give us mercy. I mean, it's, it's nothing that we have to struggle for to find mercy with the Lord. The Lord makes available to us mercy continually. Uh, in, in every situation and in every way, his mercy endureth forever. He is long-suffering and merciful. Our God is a merciful God. And you know what? He knows our frame. He knows who we are. He, he knows the filth of our carcass. He knows, you know, the failures of our flesh. He knows, you know, the wickedness of our intentions and of our minds. And yet his mercy endures forever. And continually he has the signs. Refuge pointing this way. And what way does it point, church? It points to the cross. It points to the cross of Christ where our refuge is. The way to the cross is always open to the fugitive that needs to find forgiveness of sin. Always open. And once, again, once that guilty one has made it to the refuge of the cross of Christ, you know what? There's safety. There's safety. Because then the accuser cannot touch you. He cannot touch you. You are safe within the refuge of Christ. And the accuser may come and pound on the door and say, yeah, but I've seen him do this. and I, I heard her do that. And, and, I, and I watched them do this. And it says, you know what? They're in the safety of the cross. They're in the refuge of Christ. It doesn't make what we've done right, but we are covered by the blood of Christ. Our hope is nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. Our high priest, also, he's already died, and he now lives again, and he'll never need to die again. There is this eternal safety. There's this eternal refuge that's found in him, and his is, it's an unchangeable priesthood. It remains forever again. In the Hebrews chapter 7, it speaks about him. It says, therefore, he, speaking of Christ, he is able to save to the uttermost, those who come to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for us. That's the promise. That's the hope that we have of refuge found in Christ. We come to the refuge of the cross. Why? Because we are the guilty ones. That's why we run to the cross. That's why we run as fast as we can to the cross when we come to realize the greatness of our need. We run to the cross because we are the guilty ones. And we find then in the cross of Christ that safety and that forgiveness. Why? Because he is the innocent one. He is the innocent one, and we can find safety in him. And we can only find that full forgiveness when we declare our guilt. Hey, I am guilty. I am guilty and I need forgiveness. Can you imagine if in that day you had the opportunity of the six cities of refuge and again, it was, it was a work accident. I, you know, I accidentally killed an individual or something happened, just a strange thing. And, and it was either by my hand or by my action that, that, that killed your brother or your father or your son or your daughter or whomever it might be. And I, I could stand all day and say, hey, yeah, I did it, but I, you know, hey, I'm innocent, I'm innocent. It was an accident. All the time I had the opportunity of the city of refuge that I could run to and I could state my case But instead of staying there, i say, well, I can do this on my own. I can plead my own case. And yet the anger that you would have as a brother, a sister, a mother, a parent, or whatever, you don't want to listen to that. And so you take the avenging of blood. How foolish it would be for me as an individual at that time to stand and try and plead my own case without running to the refuge city that God had provided for us. And in the same way, how foolish it is for us to not run to the cross to try and, and, again, take care of our own situation or plead our own case or, or deal with issues uh, in our own strength. When the Lord has provided the refuge of the cross for every one of us, not just on the day of salvation for us, beloved, but on a continual basis, we run to the cross. We run to the cross because on a continual basis, well, maybe it's just me, on a continual basis, I need to know that forgiveness. On a continual basis. I need to know, yes, my, my sin is for you. I know that I'm guilty. I know that, man, those thoughts, those actions, those attitudes, those words I spoke, they, whatever it might be, I have to go to the cross. I can't try to defend myself. I can't try to to plead my own case. No, I am guilty and I I need that refuge that's found in the cross of Christ. Yes, my sin was forgiven past, present, and future. On the day when I was a senior in high school, back in 1970, when I prayed to receive Christ, uh, I know that my sin was forgiven at that point in time. But you know what, on a regular basis, I need to find myself back at the cross of Christ, knowing, hey, Lord, thank you. Thank you for forgiveness. Because the accuser comes continually, doesn't he? Doesn't he? He comes continually at us and we can continually go back to the cross and say you know what through the cross of Christ I'm forgiven through the cross of Christ I've been set free because my high priest died for me and now I am free and I can move and live and I can I'm not bound by these things because in his death came literally and truly my life one other thing I want you to see before we leave this section. Again, I, I, I love Warren Weir's. He's, he's just so easy to understand and he lays things out so plain. But he brings out something very interesting about the names of these refuge cities. Taking them in the order that they're listed in uh, chapter 20, beginning in verse 7 and also in verse 8. You have Kadesh. The, the meaning of Kadesh is righteousness. Shechem, the meaning of Shechem is shoulder, okay? meaning of Shechem is shoulder. Hebron, the meaning of Hebron is fellowship. Bezer, meaning of Bezer is fortress or strong, okay? And then Ramoth, meaning of that is the heights, the heights. And again, as he states, uh, Hebrew scholars kind of disagree on what Golan means, but uh, one of the lexicons says that it means exile. Exile, okay? And so he kind of puts it together, and he says that these names then can be used really to describe the sinner's experience when we come to Christ, when we flee by faith to the refuge that's found in Christ. First of all, we run to to the righteousness of Christ. And we can never be accused again. I mean, we can be accused, but we're not found guilty because there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, Romans 8, chapter 1.
0: We hope that today's edition of The Open Word has been a blessing to you. If you live in the Casa Grande, Arizona area, we want to invite you to join us for worship. The messages that you hear on The Open Word are produced from worship services at Calvary Chapel, Casa Grande. Maybe the teaching you heard is exactly what you were looking for in a church then please join us. We have services on Saturday evenings and two Sunday morning worship services, as well as other services throughout the week. For more information about service times, including driving directions, log on to theopenword.com and then follow the link to the church website. Now here's Tracy with some more important information about how you can help support The Open Word.
1: Radio programs like The Open Word are wonderful tools that God uses to advance His kingdom here on earth. And as with any ministry, there are expenses involved. Today's broadcast was professionally produced and God has given us a vision to see The Open Word expand into other parts of the world. Would you prayerfully consider financially supporting The Open Word? Log on to theopenword.com and simply click on the support option to help us continue to grow.
0: Thanks, Tracy. From all of us here with the production team, we want to say thank you for tuning in and may God richly bless you.